0: <laughs> Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, Father God, and I thought in praying that you might have been trying to reach to me for this. Father God, forgive my not heeding your call. So, what I'm going to share really quick, since I was up earlier this morning with y'all. Actually, right after I got off work. But um, we tend to set thoughts aside. And this is how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Often, sometimes you can hear the audible voice, and sometimes it's a thought process because the Holy Spirit will come in our thoughts the way that the minions they have that capability. You have to understand this. Although Satan is not omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent as our sovereign Lord God is, do not disrespect him. It's, which is the manner that so many do today. He sends his minions, and they do have the capability of getting into our mindset, which is, as I've shared, our weakest link is our mind. David had, had that. Job had that. Solomon had that. Many, many, many people were attacked, as you were, through their mindset. And Satan loves to do that because he knows, as I've shared with you, no matter what you think your intellectual prowess may be it's your weakest link, and he will attack God also knows that when we're sitting and we sometimes try to empty our mind that he know he knows that that occurs, but he also uses that to communicate with us so. The point that I'm going to is that I was having issues in sharing his podcast, which he has condoned, and he showed this to me, he gave this to me, and he says, yes, this is a good way for you to share the gospel, my gospel, the gospel of my son, and share the word that I have authored to others. Beside trying to establish a physical church in here and become a pastor, and so many people have issues with theological degrees, not having a theological degree, and so forth and so on, they become offended by so many things. See, here's an easier way, because if you become offended, just don't listen. But here's the other side of reality is that I have people from other parts of this globe, other parts of this planet, other parts of this earth that God has made and created that have sent messages back that said that they listened to it and thank you. But here's the thing. I'm not seeking recompense, recompense from anybody on this plane of existence. The only validation that I require in my life in any circumstance is from Abba Yahweh, my Father God. If he gives validation, I don't need anything from anybody else. And this is what the word says. We must hate our mother, father, brother, neighbor, friend, whatever it takes. But here's the thing. That doesn't mean that you outwardly hate them. That means that you have to be capable of setting them aside and giving God priority. And this is what I was sharing with the... with the. Um, with the forgiveness and these things like that, that some people will say that openly, but then they talk about you behind your back and they backstab you. There's an old song that was written, I can't remember who sings it. Um, Sly in the Family Stone. It's called backstabbers, how they smile on your face, but then stab you in the back and they see what they can get from you. That happens, that's reality, that's life. And sadly, I share this truth with you. Offended as you might be, seek offense, ye shall surely find offense. Seek the truth, it is revealed. So, you have people that are claiming to be members of the body of Christ, and yet they're offended by every turn. So, be cautious of that. And here's the issue, back to the point, I get it. I love sharing about God and and His Word, but so in attempting to share, uh, this morning, early, early this morning, right after I got up, work actually, um, but in attempting to share, nothing was happening to dare I say the largest social media platform, so. The podcast wasn't going. I'm I'm not sure if there was a glitch. And sometimes what I learned and, and remembered, but God was trying to talk to me and and suggest, and and I wasn't. I was trying to get their tech support, and we were chatting to you know this thing back and forth, not verbally but text texting. So <clears throat> then I'm sitting here. Nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. And I said, God, this you provided. You gave to me, and you told me it's right. Your podcast, you're allowing me to share. If you want this to continue, you'll, you'll guide and do. And so the, <laughs> that, what, what he was attempting through the Holy Spirit to suggest to me, and I, I had set it aside, which we will sometimes do, because we believe it to be a random thought. Actually, thoughts that we have are not so random. They are either from the enemy or they are from the Holy Spirit. And yes, we do have random thoughts that we pour into our process that just turns into, it's like turning on the blender. And it's a mishmash. And you have to lean into the Holy Spirit so you can hear the guidance. I did not. So (laughs) God, omniscient, aware of everything knowing everything attempted to tap me on the shoulder and say perhaps and so anyway their tech support guy whatever well not their tech support he's a he's a representative and their te- their tech support told him to tell me that I should reboot the app which if anyone is familiar enough and has been using these cellular telephones for as long as or longer than I have, but I, I I got one of the very first ones ever I had one of those Star Trek little flip phones It was kind of cool now they're going back to that um, anyway, you have to do when apps first became available didn't used to have them you could get uh you could get phone calls and you could uh, receive a message and it can work as a pager and pagers went away. And that's all you had. It had no camera, uh, no, uh, uh, you could respond to a text mail that was sent. And that was it. No emails, no, nothing on the first phones. Very elementary and simple. But then as applications became available, you had to do what's called a reboot. That means you have to get rid of the app, get rid of the data that's on there, and come back in and go to your app store, whichever one you use, and put it back in the phone which is exactly what the email was that I received from their support team, was that I should try to reboot the app. (laughs) Which my all knowing Father God, who is a carpenter and electric, thank you Father by the way, and that Jesus was the son of a carpenter. He helps me with that, he guides me with that. He's a great electrician, helped me to install a lamp, which was giving me some difficulty in the ceiling, a flush lamp, and sitting down just thinking about the Lord and actually praying, you know, over the situation because uh, when I can't get that on my own, I tend to get a little flustered. God knew that. And actually the suggestion came to mind and I got up there and did it according to what thought was put in there, and it worked fine, got it, everything is beautiful. <laughs> he's a great electrician, he's also a motorcycle mechanic, he's things for many of us, and he is a techno wizard when it comes to cellular telephones. So, in rebooting, needless to say, it went right, it went back up, and it's a an updated, upgraded version. So, you have to understand that that happens. Their technology is happening at such a rapid pace that occasionally in an older version, nothing's going to work. And it could happen just like I did with this. I sent the other earlier this morning, everything was fine, come back and nothing is happening with the new. So at any rate, God is good. God is great. God is gracious. And you may say, it doesn't matter what you're thinking, what you're saying. That doesn't matter. What matters is that the truth is told. The gospel of Abba Yahweh is shared. The gospel of Yahshua, the only begotten son of God, Christ anointed of God, Jesus and Paracletos, the Holy Spirit, because they are wound and bound as one. Now, further sharing, I'm going to bring some uh, of my reading in and talk about that waiting, trusting, and hoping are all intertwined. Isn't that interesting that that statement contains three and that we are told to wait upon the Lord he will renew our strength, and that there is a uh, description of the three in one as that. Um, oh, I forget the word. I'd have to go back to my notes and look it up. But that term, talking about a, uh, it's a ballet or a dance that has three people that are involved together in the same score, and they're they're performing the same dance. And there are portions where they move as one. Synchronized choreography, they call that. Abba Yahweh, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Three, in the holy dance, or holy ballet, as you will, they move together. They are one, and yet they can be separate. And, come. and you say, well, how is that possible? How can that be done? That's a bunch of malarkey. Whatever you say, however you react, doesn't make any difference. I know the truth. My faith tells me the truth. Hello. Take a look at the chicken. What's that little white thing that they lay on the, in the nest or sometimes in the ground in, in the dirt? And you go and you find not only them, but anything that lays an egg: bird's chickens. You have the egg shell, you have the egg white, and you have the egg yolk. Oh, that's not the same thing, it's all No, it's not different, it is the same thing. You take them apart separately, you can eat either just the egg yolk, you can eat just the egg white, which some people do, they get all freaky about all this stuff here, and you know dietary intake and cholesterol, blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing, the egg as a whole, without any other issues, is nearly 100% protein. Except for the calcium, which actually is a form of protein. But you can eat the whole thing, depending on how you cook it, is where the cholesterol and the issues come in. And they try to put that onus, as you will, on the egg. Oh, I have to separate the egg, I can't eat egg yolks, blah, 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 I have to eat egg whites only. Well, that's because some doctor, that platform of mammon, has convinced you, just like gluten, God has that in the seeds, and in and of itself, it is not harmful, because when you prepare the grain, and it mostly cooks away, except for the added gluten that mammon adds to the recipe in order to make the bread and the other things very soft and appealing to people that's where the gluten comes in that is detrimental and now they have all the stuff that they say is gluten free except the only rea- the reality is that it's not gluten free just like when they say that organic is pesticide free guess what that only means that governmental percentages are met and they still use pesticide but they use other means like insect and things like that that will eat the other issues going on with the grain. That's factual. Look it up. So what I'm saying is don't believe everything that you're told. Don't believe every thought process. What you have to do is you have to explore it and lean in to hear the Holy Spirit because Satan will send his minions to do his bidding and that bidding is to keep you separated from the word of God, keep you separated from the truth, keep you separated from the brothers and sisters, keep you separated from your neighbors. And remember, I shared this with you. Your neighbors, anybody that you walk by out there in the world, and they may be despondent or down, or you could look at them and you see what their uh, what their visage is. You can see in their appearance, just like when Nebuchadnezzar and um, uh, when when they went, to the scripture talks about they. Oh, they knew he was mad because his countenance changed, and how when ah, um, uh, uh, I went right out of my mind but when when uh when the prophet went before the king and he was being used by the king as a um as his wine bearer and all and his countenance was sad because he knew that Jerusalem had been looted and burned and the walls had been torn down and he was sad. But see, you couldn't be that way with the king. But the king knew that his heart was good and knew that God was with him. So the king did not get angry with him, but he said, why are you sad? He goes, oh, I'm not sad, my Lord, and blah, blah, blah. And then the king's response was, ah, but I know you are because I can see in your face just like those people that walk by us on the street, you can tell that something is either going on or not going on, and everything is okie-dokie. You can tell when you look at them, if you pay attention. But this silly, stupid device, and yes, I will say that, because now it's great because God is using it as a tool to get his message out, but sadly, the prince of the air also uses it. Anything that God uses, Satan will try to mask and make it dark, So Satan uses it to separate us from one another. No personal relationships. Separation. Keep us apart. But we have to hold on. It's that golden rope of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And waiting, trusting, and hoping. They're bound together like I shared, that golden cord of hope and trust in Father God, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit. They are like that gold. It's it's a golden rope. And the center of that is our trust and faith in God. That is key and paramount. And that's what God desires for us, is that we learn through faith and trusting in Him. We learn how to wait upon the Lord. We learn how to lean in and listen. And that that rope connects us to the heavenly realm of Abba, Yahweh, Lord God Almighty. And if we just continually remember these things that we wait upon the Lord, and it ties us directly to him. And you have to remember this too, is that God knows us by name. He created us. The hairs on our head are counted. He is Abba Yahweh, the maker of all things made, the ancient of days, before we even were in existence and began to be able to count days. He was there. And in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the spirit, of the Lord walked on the waters, and it moved upon the deep. Interesting how that, and you know, just going back to that, the Holy Spirit just threw this in my thought process. Thank you. He, mo- the Spirit of the Lord, moved upon the deep, on the sea. On the word, there's different translations, but interestingly, and then Jesus appeared walking on the water and beckoned to Peter to come out. And what happened when Peter left the boat and went out to walk on the water with the Lord? He saw the turmoil and the waves and the wind, which is an analogy to what we see going on here. And now when we're walking this place, this plane of existence, and things come up, the waves and the mountains and the wind and the noise and blah, blah, blah. I could go on because there's a lot of things that draw our attention. And what happened? He started to sink. I love that there's a lithograph that came out. It came from a painting, actually. But it's it's pretty cool. It's um, I like it. It's from Peter's perspective. He was under the water and looking up, and as the rippling of the water was there, he could see that Jesus was there, but it was not clear because of the water. But the clarity was that the hand, Jesus' hand, was now under the water with him because he was reaching down to pull Peter up, as he does all the time with us if we're tied and we're holding on to that golden rope of faith trust waiting and he is reaching down. Now the hand is clear because now it's in Peter's perspective or as we look at the the lithograph, which it's been made now we see the hand is clear because now it's down with us and he pulls Peter back up. And of course he gives him an admonishment. He started to sink when his attention was not on him anymore. Peter's attention became diverted and went to the waves and the turmoil, which is exactly what happens with us, and we declare that God is not with us. In John fourteen, one, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. Jesus Christ is talking. Now see, Herein is that point that I'm making about the chicken egg, chicken white, chicken yolk, or the egg yolk. So you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You don't like my analogy to that, then don't listen, because it's factual. Um, Jesus often speaks, just like he was talking to the Sanhedrin. You say you know the Father, but yet you don't know me and don't recognize me. So, you're just doing your father's business and being about your father. Uh, Of course, that reference would be to Satan, not to God, not to Abba Yahweh. They claim that, but yet they pay attention to false accusations and testimonies against the only begotten Son of God. So, in John 14, 1, Let not your heart be troubled, Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Then, of course, you had Doubting Thomas. Thomas said, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? And of course, Jesus' rebuke was right on point, as it always is. And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father by me, but by me. And if ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Trying to get Thomas to get out of his own mindset, and this here again. There's the issue. Thomas was doubting because of his preoccupation with overthinking things. He was, a, he was a very smart man, but this is the problem that Einstein had. Jonathan Nash had the same thing. Overthinking and pretty soon the poison and overthought was corrupting. I have that problem. We all have that problem. We have that tendency to have that problem. We overthink things. When I sat down in that seat up there and I was relaxing, I was meditating on the Lord, I was trying to um, get some scriptures in my head and and, and it was as if a light was turned on in a very dark room and there was a display made on how to do the lamp and the fixture. Went up and did exactly what was in my head and... It worked fine. And of course, there are those out there that doubt say, oh, you were just overthinking, so when you stopped thinking so hard, it came. Well, yeah, like I said, you say whatever you like. I'm telling you what the scriptures say, that there are two thought processes. One is white noise that Satan throws in there, and the other is the word of God, which we have to lean in to listen to because it's just a so small voice. It doesn't come in, the light fixture can be fixed this way. Yeah, God can do that, but he oftentimes doesn't, because he knows that his thunderous loud voice as a sovereign king and lord, as it's displayed that way, it can be intimidating and frightening, and he knows that we're like, whether you like it or not, like scared sheep. Sheep are skittish. And they get says why do you think that he refers to us as his sheep? Sheep get skittish. They also follow the leader, and they go where the rest of the flock goes. And Homo sapiens are a member of the animal kingdom, whether you like it or not. This is Biology 101, and we are also herders. We follow the lead. Where everybody else is going, everybody wants to go. Wow, that must be a great restaurant. One of the things I used to do when I drove commercially, border to border, coast to coast, And I used to look for places where the most cars were and find an available parking area. And I would go to that because I wanted good food. I didn't want crappy food and things that were going to make me sick. I went to where I saw the crowd. And I met some wonderful people. And, man, they took care of me. And sometimes free meals, simply because I did them a kindness by picking up garbage and doing things that others should have been doing and weren't doing. Because remember, there's a job that anybody could have done, somebody should have done, and somebody always says, well, I would have, but, and then didn't. But when an individual, and not not lauding myself for any kudos from anybody. I don't need that. I get my validation from God. That's the only validation I need. But when you take that little bit of extra step for your neighbor, you're for anybody, you have good results. But Jesus told them, trust in me. And as it's also shared in the New Testament, we go back over to the Old Testament. Remember. Regula de Fideles. Regula Fideles. I, I get to refresh my Latin. <laughs> but remember, rule of faith. Reading forward to back and back to, to front. The Bible is interwoven. I share that. In the New Testament, it's declared that waiting on the Lord. <coughs> and then in Isaiah, also in Jeremiah, you have waiting on the Lord. Talking about waiting on the Lord shall renew your strength. You shall mount up with wings as eagles. And in Psalm, David's poem, to the Lord, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Twenty seven, fourteen. There's that golden cord again, waiting and trusting in God. Wait for the Lord, and he will renew your strength. And you have to, uh, and then we go back to the New Testament again. Here we go. Forward and back, back and forward. Intertwining old with the new, new with the old. But then we go into Hebrews. Hebrews. And we find in Hebrews, starting in verse 6, If they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh, and put Him to an open shame. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them by whom it is dressed receiving blessings from God. The renewal of the rains. People gripe about the rains, but what's good for everyone. It renews the seeds, it grows the seeds. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. But, beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to... to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. So this is important. This is kind of a preamble to what I'm sharing. And then if we go down to uh, starting at verse 18, that's a preamble that going through the seasons and as the farmers plant the seeds, you have to wait for the rains, you have to wait for the nourishment, and in waiting, what happens? You have a crop. You can harvest, it grows. And then you renew your strength for you waiting on the crop with the word of God. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. That is starting verse 17. Immutability, what does that mean? His promises are infallible, they cannot be taken apart, they cannot be torn, by anything anyone says in this plane of existence, it doesn't matter because for me, the empirical evidence, which means the evidence that cannot be refuted, you cannot argue with the evidence that I have because I have seen, I have witnessed, I've experienced my faith in God. I look around, I don't have what I had, but I have what I need. God knows what I need. He knows what each one of us needs. And if you don't hear his still small voice, that's because you're not listening. Plain and simple. Further reading. Hebrews 6.18. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible and is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, that golden rope, remember? Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. What is he talking about? The holy of holies. And remember that Jesus told the woman at the well, you're not going to need the high priest to go inside the Holy of Holies, there's gonna come a time where you can worship God anywhere, anytime, because God is spirit. You worship God in spirit and truth in your heart and God will hear your prayers. You don't have to go and pay homage to the high priest and convince him to go into the Holy of Holies and sprinkle this or powder this for you. You don't have to go to a priest and have them commute for you. You don't have to have them declare, what do they, I I don't remember and I don't want to sound like I'm judging, but you don't have to do that anymore because the spirit of God is with you and you can talk to God. And as Jesus Christ said, and what happened when he was crucified, this is why there's so many denominations that are just so ridiculous. But when Jesus was crucified, the veil was torn from top to bottom. You can go to God through Jesus in faith and believe Jesus is in heaven and he prays intercessory prayer for us all the time. And he is acting as our high priest. We don't need to go to a high priest. We don't need to get permission. We don't need to get absolution from some person. You know, that's seeking validation. Here's the bottom line of that. And here, yeah, you can hear my voice is changing and I'm getting rattled. There are those of these Other denominations, many denominations, doesn't matter. It's not picking on one. And notice I don't declare that openly. But let's go, let's keep it ambiguous because I've seen it in other denominations. And the denominations are given of mammon. They're not given of God, the spirit of truth and the content and character of your heart. It doesn't matter what denomination you might declare. That's a mammon title. God doesn't care about that. He cares about the character of your heart. You might be a Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, uh, Episcopalian, or a Catholic. It doesn't matter. Whatever the character of your heart is, is determining what God is hearing. And if you hold on to the fact that you have to have somebody with a little white collar or somebody and there's other denominations, so don't everybody click your head and go straight to the Catholics, because let me tell you, I've seen that in many denominations. I've seen it in the Presbyterian church. I've seen it in Episcopalian church. Whatever it is, it's kind for me that's kind of practicing Phariseeism. See the Pharisees like to go around. They put that little that little hoodie thing they put up. And they go out in public and everybody knew who they were so they they started to bow and back up and give space. When you wear that and uh, Episcopalian, Presbyterian, what denominations have I seen? I've seen a lot of them. It's not just the Catholic Church but people go that direction. And they instantly recognize. So then they back up and they say, oh, hi, you know, and then they start speaking more kindness to that person than they were when they were talking to somebody that wasn't in uniform. So to me, that's a practice of Phariseeism. And then people follow to that and they think that they have to go to that person to get absolved from whatever it is that they're done and get their, uh, you have been forgiven, now you, you have to do this or do that and it's some kind of recompense. Here's the thing. The grace of God doesn't require repayment. He just wants you to continue sharing the word of God and be kind and loving to one another. That's all he asks you to do. And there's nothing that you can do to repay what he's done for us. So, keep that in mind. Immutable things, which God was, it is impossible for God to lie. And that hope that we hold on to that rope that I was describing earlier. Interwoven are Cord that keeps us tied, it keeps our anchor tied to our boat. Whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest forever under the order of Melchizedek. Back in ancient times, Melchizedek was a high priest, not ordained of man, but ordained of God. He was a Christ priest. And remember what I've shared. Christ means anointed of God. That's not part of a name. Christ, it's not blasphemous to... So Paul declared and others declared that Paul was indeed Christ Paul. It's not blasphemous, not at all. He was anointed of God. Knocked right off his ass onto the ground. And the donkey is standing there going, whoa, what just happened there? He was up there, now he's down there. What is going on? And Jesus told Paul, laying on his backside in the middle of the road. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Burning churches, killing believers, holding their cloaks while Stephen was stoned to death, hunting Christians, being paid by the Romans and the Pharisees. Oh my gosh, what despicable, nasty, vile. No wonder John the Baptist called them vipers. They didn't like that because he spoke the truth. And here's the thing that I come to realize and have been told and know that this is factual. There are so many that refuse to listen to the truth and they prefer being told a lie. Why? Because a lie is more comfortable. When you tell your wife or your husband, no, that dress doesn't make you look fat, or no, those pants don't make your butt look huge. But the reality is the opposite. And then when they go out in public and they have a close dear friend who the husband or wife should be, tell them, they go, tell her, "Um, why do you wear that dress? It really, really makes your hips stand out and it makes your body look really large because the stripes are going the wrong way. Ooh, they were honest with her, but her husband was not the one who is supposed to be. And I know wherefrom I speak, so don't get in a high horse about that. I've already shared with you that I believe what Mammon told me and not listening to what God told me when he brought her and I together. Had I done that, we'd still be together. And I firmly believe that. But I'm not looking back in resentment and, you know, honestly, and God already knows that there's a little regret in there. And yeah, I should have listened to him and I should have talked to her instead of them. But being young, stupid, and in the Marine Corps, figuring that my foxhole buddies who would help me to live and survive wouldn't lie to me. They were just misrepresenting the whole truth. They were looking from their perspective and shared that so Then I became foolish and fell into their perspective. But going beyond that. So now the husband is out there with his buddies and they go, Man, have you put on weight, brother? Your butt looks really big. I mean, goodness gracious, you look like a a horse's hiney. (laughs) What? So she didn't tell him the truth and he didn't tell her the truth. So now they're out in a public place out there and he's now become very self-conscious about his wide beam... And she's become self-conscious about this. And then when they get home, what happens? Back and forth the chickens go, because she's saying, "Why didn't you tell me? You didn't tell. You lied to me. Well, you lied to me. What are you talking about? You didn't tell me that these pants made my butt look big. Well, you didn't tell me that the dress made me look fat." And back and forth it goes. So, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Truth is truth. Lies are lies. It doesn't matter. A little white lie, that doesn't matter. It's still a lie. And then when you lie, you have to lie on top of a lie to on top of a lie on top of a lie. And pretty soon, you lose track of what's a lie and what's truth. And here's the reality also, is that you have a chronic liar and a compulsive liar. The difference being that a chronic liar will lie kind of it becomes kind of a habitual thing and they do it and they don't always lie, but it becomes that way. And then you have the compulsive liar who would rather lie than tell the truth. And the saddest part about that reality is that many times they believe the lie is the truth. They believe that whatever they're telling anyone else is the truth. So brothers and sisters, the truth only comes from one place, God the Father his truth, his knowledge, and his wisdom, and I share that with you. Try my spirit. I've invited you to do that. I'm not going to lie on you to try to vaunt my position and where I am. That doesn't matter. What matters is that the gospel of God the Father is shared with you all. Jesus Christ is shared with you all. And the Holy Spirit, the paracletos, is shared with you all. And that comes from the word of God. Regula fidelis the rule of faith, reading from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible and the end of the Bible back to the beginning and you continue through that and you will find the interweaving and the truth that's woven in between. And just like I was sharing, waiting and holding on to that rope, the book of Isaiah, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Walk. And never faint. Wait upon the Lord, brothers and sisters, you're in my prayers, my going out, my coming in. And those of you that have not decided whether you're going to accept Jesus Christ as the only begotten Son of God, do so. Gonna be amazed and astounded.